It's time to make the dough rise, the financial podcast with Brian Doe. Welcome to another edition of Make the Dough Rise. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Brian Doe, certified financial planner, living worth wealth advisors, serving the Lake Country and beyond with an office right there in Greensboro, Georgia. You can check us out online at livingworth.com. Brian has more than two decades of experience in the financial services industry and has been a certified financial planner since 2013. Brian, great to be with you today. How are you, my friend? Doing great, man. I woke up today and I knew it was going to be a good day when I looked at my calendar. So the, uh, the, 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 Brian sent me a note and said, today the show is about the fact that I had to make the dough and then I had to make the dough rise. Yep, and I have I no idea what that means. So I'm No, no, you know what that means. I, I got up early <laughs> with the kids, made them breakfast, and then I made the dough because we've got guests coming this weekend. So we had to have you know, dough made in advance because we do a long, cold rise in the, in the refrigerator. And then I got to come in and record, make the dough rise. So- how could, how could that be a bad oh, so, day? So you literally made dough this morning. And yeah, now, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now you're making the dough rise on Correct. the podcast. Okay, Correct. I got you. Yeah. yeah. You were just very excited about uh, the fact that you got to make <laughs> dough on the day you also make the dough rise on the show. Two of my favorite things. There you go. Fantastic. Uh, well, we've got a great conversation today, one that is going to lead us into uh, kind of an extended series, but we're going to sort of set the table with the conversation today. And Brian, I think a, a lot of the questions that have popped up on today's show, uh, you were telling me, really came out of a conversation from, or a couple of conversations with clients recently. Yeah. You, you know, obviously I get asked a lot of questions or, and, and all of us get asked a lot of questions or, or advice from people. You know, what car should I buy? Where should I go to college? You know, should I marry this person? Serious, you know, life impact, you know, some more life impacting than others, but life impacting decisions. And, and you wouldn't just say, oh yeah, she's got blonde hair and blue eyes and is cute. So yeah, marry her. That's, it's way more involved and complicated and what are your interests? Are you compatible? Family? I mean, you could go on and on about what, what the right spouse or even the right college and even the right car would be for an individual. You would never make one of those decisions in isolation without saying, well, how, how does this overlap and intersect with all of, all of these other parts of, of life? So that's, that, that was kind of the, not epiphany, but that's, that's sort of where the, yesterday's conversations went. And it was it was interesting because I had two existing uh, clients come in for meetings doing quarterly reviews, but they both came in with a list of questions or topics and, and things they wanted to discuss. And one couple was about five years from retirement and the other couple was about five years, maybe a little bit more into retirement. And in both situations, you know, they were asking, you know, deep, complex questions, you know, life impacting questions, and they were, you know, trying to decide what decisions to make. And that really opened things up to, you know, how these overlap, how these over intersect, or how, how these intersect with each other, and, uh, you know, how to maintain the making the right decisions while maintaining the flexibility to change them and and adjust down the road. So my my point is there's there's never one right answer and if you don't have the right uh, structure it's very easy to you know potentially make a wrong or you know negative uh, a negatively impacting decision. 
So that idea that we can't make any of these kinds of decisions in a vacuum, we've got to make sure that we realize the cascading of events that can happen from making a certain decision and how that impacts you know, all the other decisions that we have to make. What were some of their, their key questions and the things that they were really on their mind? It sounded like they came in with a list of things they definitely wanted to talk about. Yeah, so uh, it launched off with social security claiming. And somebody had gone to Clark Howard's website and apparently, you know, Clark Howard, great guy, consumer advocate. I, I disagree with him half the time and I agree with him half the other half the time. So, um, you know, he's not, again, not right for everybody, but apparently he's got a social security claiming calculator that you can punch in your variables, what's your, you know, full retirement age benefit. I, I presume life expectancy on all those things. And it spits out for you a claiming strategy that should be best for you. And it may be a great calculator, but one thing that my clients run into is they have a lot of other sources of income, IRA distributions, dividends, capital gains, municipal bond income. And so a lot of those things can impact the taxability of your social security. So a a social security calculation that maximizes your lifetime benefit may also maximize your lifetime taxes. And so once once we crack that open, then well, then that led into when should I take distributions from my IRA versus my Roth IRA? Do I need to uh, change my investment strategy? Do we want preferential dividends and long-term capital gains in this account and move the bonds and the REITs and, and other uh, types of uh, taxable income into other accounts? And then when should we start claiming or or drawing from the IRA, now that directly intersects with when you claim social security. Okay. So if you've got some retirement years where you may have some low income, but you're waiting to get that max social security benefit, that opens up a huge window where you could get some money out, sneak some money out of IRAs or convert them to Roths while you're in a very low income tax bracket. And and so very quickly, you know, these became kind of eye openers that illustrated the, the the complexity of of trying to make you know just this one simple decision of how do I get the most out of social social security. Social security, one of those things I'm sure you're getting questions about all the time, Brian. But certainly not the not the only thing that people are uh, concerned or worried about, right? Yeah, and and obviously another big one. Uh, obviously, we've got the the cost of insurance and particularly long term care late in life. So you're always trying to strike this nice balance between maximizing your lifestyle, enjoyment, getting to do the things that you want to do early in retirement because you've you know, you've worked hard, you've saved up, and now you want to have this this kind of fun period, maybe in your 60s and early 70s when you're you know more active and and healthy and and whatnot. But you know, do you need long-term care insurance and or do you have a strategy for funding long-term care? And you know, long-term care insurance may be part of the solution, but maybe the equity in your house or a reverse line of credit or, or some other funding mechanism might solve part of the problem. And if you've properly taken IRA distributions and you've properly claimed social security and you're drawing the max on your pension and annuities, you may need a lot less long-term care insurance than you think. But a little bit might very nicely fit into your your overall strategy just so you've got an option and a tax-free option uh, at that for drawing the uh, the long-term care benefit. So 
as you can see, these things all intersect dramatically. They all go back to the tax code and you know what, what's really going to be your bottom line take, but also knowing then that you're secured, portfolio decisions about you know how much risk or what investment strategies have worked and you've given us good growth to this stage. Well, now we don't really like the volatility in the portfolio. Can we opt for something that has more stability? more income, more dividends, and, and those kinds of things. And and it just goes round and round and round. And, and eventually, you know, and again, there, there's probably not a single right answer to every one of those. You just have to massage it around based on what's right for you, what your plans are, uh, what your situation is, what your anticipated future situation is. And so you, know, you, you get the idea here. I imagine if they had questions about Social Security and long-term care and those kinds of things, eventually they had questions about uh, like income and that kind of thing or, or the distribution transition. Yeah, well, a couple things there. You know, you're talking about either distributions from pensions or a lot of people have lump sum versus income stream options, maybe on a pension plan or a retirement account or an annuity that they own. And we ran into an interesting uh, scenario where we had a couple of annuities, uh, deferred annuities. So these these were things that were earning a little bit of uh, you know growth or, or credits along the way. But I had the different payout options run. So lifetime annuity, lifetime with ten year, twenty year period certains, or just a fixed ten year distribution. Right. So now, just roughly, if you had a hundred thousand dollars in a particular uh, investment annuity, and you were going to get a guaranteed 10 payments, what do you think the minimum payment that you should receive would be? Well, at least 10,000, right? Correct. Welcome to the world of negative interest rates. The guaranteed 10-year payout was actually less than the current balance if you just took it out and divide and drew it out yourself over the, the course of 10 years. Well, that doesn't make so, much sense, does it? Well, it, it doesn't, except that we are in this incredibly low interest rate environment. They may uh, have had to invest in some negative yielding uh, products, or and, and there's fees involved and things like that. But um, you've, you've got to go in and do the math and say, what's you know maybe this pension that I've got you know, is this lump sum better than the lifetime income? Do I have enough assets to sustain myself if I take the lump sum and? Or would I be better off with that predictable you know, paycheck like like income? And so it's going to depend on your your other assets. But then this transitioned into what should I do for the children? You know, so if you've got children, if you're doing estate planning, wills, documents, and all that, well, do I leave a lump sum, or am I okay with just completely giving you know a million or two million dollars to you know somebody that's in their you know early early to mid twenties uh, maybe? So do you want to put some controls and regulation on that? Is it is it better to stretch that out and and have a, a stream of payments instead of uh, you know, just one giant lump sum? And there's asset protection issues that fall into place there. There's IRA distribution rules that have changed for non-spouse beneficiaries. You've got to look at all of those things together and then back into, based on today's rules, this is probably the best decision. Based on today's goals, this is the most predictable but flexible structure to, you know, so that you're not too far, too locked in. And uh, yeah, it was, it was very good conversations. We, we opened up some new 
ideas, possibilities, you know, started looking for if, if we change this objective, can we do it? If so, how? And um, yeah, I think it was very enlightening. And so when clients or future clients come in with these kinds of questions, you've then got a specific process that you walk through to help make sure you get all the proper answers to these things? We've talked about this a little bit in the past. So if you've heard us talk about the four Ps or the four pillars structure that we've developed, I love whiteboards and I love mapping stuff out. And uh, in my old office, I had the whole wall painted with that whiteboard paint. I don't know if you've ever, ever seen that where you can just yeah. literally turn a whole wall into, into yeah, a whiteboard. Exactly. And so I, I was just doodling and, and uh, categorizing and, and listing topics. And I, I, grew, I drew a, you know, like a grid, a, a, an X, Y axis grid. And I started putting uh, things into the different uh, quadrants of the grid. And I found out that they're with, you know, pretty accurate or uh, precise fitting into these quadrants. I could give you every topic related to retirement, the transition into retirement, and all of the decisions along the way. I could fit them into four categories. And the first was personal. And this is your goals. What do you want to do? Who do you want to spend retirement with? Do you have kids, grandkids, geography? This is a huge decision. And, uh, you know, off, for oftentimes, you know, Retirement becomes the first time that you you actually get to really have free reign, and then suddenly becomes overwhelming. Uh, a number of choices. Uh, the other was, what are you going to do with yourself? Man, I have so many people that are in hardcore corporate, you know, wide open to the end retirement jobs, and then boom, they retire and they are thrilled, relieved, and relaxed for about a month or two, and then they're bored. And then their portfolio becomes their job. And my phone starts ringing off the hook because they're watching CNBC and you know, <laughs> entertaining themselves with uh, you know, trying to manage the portfolio all of a sudden. And, and then it takes them maybe a year or two to you know, kind of settle into and, and, and find other things. So, so being prepared for the transition, what are you going to do hobby-wise, travel-wise? Uh, because that's, that's a major, major change going from work life to retirement. You know, so all of these, all of these personal things can be uh, addressed. I think they should be addressed up front. And, and the clearer people get on, what are we trying to accomplish? You know, what could go wrong? What could go right? Uh, how do we make sure that we get you know, that right path? And um, you know, make sure the spouses are in agreement on that. All of that falls into some very good conversations and tools that we have around setting goals and mapping those out over you know, short and, and then, then longer term time horizons. So that's that's pillar one, and is kind of a soft, touchy feelier kind of thing because if if you're not clear on those, the portfolio and and other recommendations that we make aren't aren't going to be relevant. Well, the second pillar is the portfolio. Once you've gotten clear on when are we going to retire, how much part time income might we have, are we going to invest in this real estate project? Uh, are we going to get some you know, Airbnb income? All, all of these things suddenly translate into how much demand you're going to have on the portfolio for supplemental income. Well, if you've waited to claim Social Security for some reason, or for good reasons, if you've decided to accelerate distributions from IRAs, you know, all, all of a sudden you have to you put all these pieces into place and say, here's an income trajectory. You know, that's very sustainable, that meets your objectives. You can fund the fund fund. We, 
We've talked about that before. And uh, how much cash should I have? How much should I have an emergency fund? How much stocks? How much bonds? What's the investment environment these days? What, what do bonds yield? What are stocks valued at? Where can we avoid risk? How can we give this enough time? On and on. All those things that are related to the portfolio then get addressed in the light of what you're personally trying to accomplish. Okay, now this starts to over intersect and over and overlap with taxes. What's the tax structure? And, and and this this leads us into the third pillar, which is the programs. Okay, you got personal, the portfolio, now the programs. I called it programs because Social Security, Medicare, IRA distribution rules, tax codes, estate plans, wills, powers of attorney, all the documents that you need. Uh, these are all of the programs, structures, rules, regulations, and things that you have to follow and uh, make sure that you're getting lined up, get your beneficiaries named. Do you need to establish a trust, you know, a, a revocable trust? Do you need to set up a testamentary trust? Do you need to look at charitable strategies? All of those things happen and, and are constantly changing what uh, programs and rules and, and things that we're, we're subjected to. So, you know, but by, by the time you've now worked through this, you're, you're in pretty good shape. You know, you've, you've got your clarity on your goals. You've got your portfolio lined up well. You've addressed all the, the, the programs and things that you want. And then, you know, that takes us to our fourth pillar, our fourth P is of protections, right? And this, this is the question of, it could be insurance. It could be health insurance. If you retire early, you may need a, a gap of coverage between uh, retirement when your employer benefits stop and Medicare kicks in, once Medicare kicks in, what supplements do you need? Long-term care funding uh, definitely falls into this, this category. And if you've got you know, larger estates or, or some kind of uh, you know, issue that you're trying to leave liquidity or you know, pay taxes on an inheritance or a business or provide for a special needs child, you know, maybe a life insurance solution would, would come in place here. So once I got through this whole structure, you could give me just about any topic, any question, any any category, and I can plug it into one of these four pillars. And if and if you'll follow that structure, it gives you a very thorough, good way to make sure, hey, I've addressed all of these issues. We've done it in a structured and, and systematic way. And you know, I could I could feel good about all the decisions I made as it pertains to those. But despite the structure, despite the process, it's important to remember that what's right for one person isn't going to be right for the next person that walks through the door. There's still going to be variations and differences that the process leads us to in terms of uh, finding the right answer for your situation, because everybody's variables that you're putting into these equations all comes out differently. And so we've got to leave that flexibility in there. Yeah, absolutely. And I would caution against, you know, watching a show or uh, seeing a commercial or going to a, a party and having a cocktail talk or beach talk, I call it. And you know what, what somebody has decided or you know, hopefully correctly decided and, and calculated for themselves, they love to share, oh, uh, there, here's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm converting everything to Roth. I've, I'm starting social security tomorrow, man. I'm getting every dollar I can. People will have very strong, very passionate opinions about their their decisions. And it can be easy to get swayed or or convinced that, oh, I, I need to do that too. No, just take a breath, agree with them. Say, that sounds fantastic. I'll, I'll look into that some more. But you know, go through the process yourself, do the calculations, do the math, and uh, you, you'll come up with a better solution for you. 
Beware of any blanket statements out there. That's for sure, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, very good. Well, you know, these areas are where we see people make a lot of retirement and financial planning mistakes when it comes to IRAs and, and the proper distribution of those or trying to figure out that world of long-term care planning or how to handle debt in your home and, and equity conversations what to do with a pension, Social Security, of course, is a huge one, when to take it, how to take it, all of those different moving parts and variables. And Brian, we're going to uh, turn this, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, into a launching board for future episodes. We're going to start covering some of the top retirement mistakes and mm-hmm. make a little series out of this over the course of the next couple of episodes. So we're going to start breaking down some of these uh, these popular mistakes that you've seen people make or have been able to help people avoid if they come in in time to meet with you to talk about these things. Yeah, we'll, we'll identify, you know, top mistakes for social security claiming, IRA distribution uh, planning, estate planning, beneficiary designations. We we, we can, yeah, we we can go long and hard, hopefully uh, wrap it up into a a nice structure and and mix as as they relate to each other. But yeah, I've got plenty of stories and uh, success stories, and uh, I've seen some things that we're not so successful. So I'll, I'll, I'll share the good, the bad, and uh, hopefully shed some, shed some light on things so that our listeners can make you know better decisions or at least know there is a way to move through this decision process, put some structure to it, and, and make sure you've covered all the, all the bases as it pertains to you. So if you haven't smashed that uh, follow button or subscribe button on uh, whatever app or platform you listen to the show, or you haven't subscribed to get the emails each time a new episode goes live, go ahead and do that now so you can be reminded each time one of those new Top Retirement Mistakes episodes goes out over the course of the next couple of months. And uh, in the meantime, if you want to talk a little bit about your own financial plan, how to best improve your financial situation, you can get a 15-minute introductory call with Brian and the team at Living Worth Wealth Advisors. Uh, Let's see how we can get some clarity around the financial goals that you have so that you can live that retirement and uh, that lifestyle that you want. You can go to livingworth.com and click book a call or just call 706-451-9800. Again, livingworth.com, click the uh, little button that says book a call or call 706-451-9800. Brian, thanks for breaking it down for us. I hope the dough turns out beautifully this weekend and the pizzas are tasty and excellent. And uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you on the next episode when we start the series. Sounds great. I'll uh, I'll, I'll let you know how the pizzas are. You you made the dough and then you made the dough rise and now you're going to eat the dough. Yeah, I got to figure out what to do with the rest of my day now. I'm sure something (laughs) will come up. (laughs) Uh, You'll figure something out, I'm sure. Uh, We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Brian. And thank you for listening to the program today. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Make the Dough Rise. Make the Dough Rise is brought to you by Living Worth Wealth Advisors, with a central office in Greensboro, Georgia, but serving the Lake Country and beyond. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting apps. Subscribe today and never miss an episode. Just search for Make the Dough Rise with Brian Doe. You can also visit MakeTheDoughRise.com to listen to recent episodes. If you'd like to contact the show or schedule a complimentary financial review with Brian and the team, just go to MakeTheDoughRise.com and get in touch through the website or call 706-451-9800. Thanks for listening to Make the Dough Rise.
Investment advisory services offered through Main Street Financial Solutions, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed.